Welcome to the Quality Improvement Box Set by RCVS Knowledge, a series of webinars, podcasts and video interviews for practices and practitioners. Hi everyone, today I'm going to talk to Mel McPherson. Mel is a farm vet, um, she works in Endel Farm Vets and she's also the Quality Improvement Lead for the Farm Division of CVS. So I, I'd like to talk to Mel about getting started in quality improvement in farm practice. Hi, Mel. Hi, Pam. Thank you for speaking to me today. No problem. So um, how did you get started on this QI journey in farm practice? Well, I didn't really know what QI was until there was a, a job advert um, that CVS put out that asked for a QI lead for the farm division, and I had to find out what that was. Um, and when I when I read about it, I thought that seemed that seemed really exciting. I like the idea of um, constantly looking at what we're doing and the ways of improving it. Um, it also was going to give me opportunities to, to engage with um, other other vet practices, other vets, and I, I like that idea of us all basically working together. Um, you know, it's always it's always good to chat to other vets. I think in in farm practice we are often isolated, so even catching up with your own colleagues is often difficult. Um, but it's also fascinating to hear about how how other practices do things, how how their what makes their clients tick. You know, um, and I think we can just learn so much from that. Um, and say if we constantly look at what we do and how we can improve it, that's going to be better outcomes for you know for the client, for the animals, and also as vets, I think we have a more job satisfaction if we know we're doing things to the best of our ability all the time. Absolutely, and I think um, that's a really good description of why QI is so important. Thank you. And like you say, I think um, farm practice does have particular issues, especially around the fact that you're all out on the road all the time and you don't see your colleagues as often. So um, thinking of your own practice now, how, how did you get going there? Did you have meetings? We, we've always tried um, we've all, always had to look at our meetings. The difficult the, the, uh, the difficulty is there's usually always someone or a number of people that can't make it. Either it's their day off or a half day or they're on call or they're still out on calls. Um, you know, it is harder to get everyone in the same place at the same time. But I, th I think the important thing is that shouldn't be a reason not to ha not to have them. Um, even if a couple of people turn up, you can still learn from each other. And hopefully, you know, I, I suppose alternating the day would help, alternating the time. You're not saying it's always going to be at the same time on the same day each each you know fortnight or month or, or, or whatever you do. Um, it, it's to alternate to try and increase you know the, the number of people that can come. Um, you know, overall, so you haven't always got the same people missing it. But I think you know, like oh, only two people came. Still, have it. Are still important. You know, you can have a different sort of discussion with two or three people than you can with ten. Um, it's, it's still important. And I think then the crucial thing is to then follow up with a with an email or however the best to communicate um, to, to, to summarise what was discussed, so that the people that weren't able to, to, to attend are still aware of of what's going on. So I think that that's that's the starting point, I think, is to and then to, to explain, explain what QI is, because certainly I say I didn't know what it was before um, getting involved. Um, and it's just another one of these acronyms, you know, um, within veterinary. Um, and I, I'm hoping that QI, is, you know, I mean, I think in small animal, it's already a known an, a known uh, thing that we do. Um, I, most people have heard of clinical governance, clinical auditing and, and, and benchmarking and things like that. But I think it's about trying to get that concept into farm practice as well. And that when you talk about QI, people know what it is you're referring to. Like we, you know, we say EMS and everyone knows, we say CPD, everyone knows what that is, RCVS, you know. Um, and I'd like I like Q, QI to just to be another acronym that we use within veterinary um, without having to explain it. 
each time. Yeah, no, does, that, does that make sense? It absolutely does. I agree completely. And I, and I agree with you. I think that um, it, it's something, you know, it's a long time since I've worked in farm practice, but it's something we always did, which was discuss cases. We just mm -hmm. did it in a much more informal way, you know, mm -hmm. over a cup of coffee uh, when you happen to meet somebody in the practice. And I think um, it, it's a Clinical governance is certainly about giving a bit more structure, isn't it? And quality That's improvement right. gives us those those tools to to make those improvement in outcomes and care and and, and learning for our team. So, so you started with your meetings. Um, I mean, one thing that people said say to me as a as a barrier um, for farm practice, apart from the barrier we discussed about you all being out all the time, is that it's very hard to do audits because of following things up and I think they're thinking when they say that about surgical outcome audits because mm -hmm. if you don't go back to see the cow that had a cesarean how are you going to know how it went so have you managed to get any audits established at all well yeah I mean you're absolutely right we, we were trying to find a way that we could follow up on surgical cases but certainly at our practice we charge everything by time so we couldn't even search for a procedure to see whether we could you know ring the farmer and, and see how how the cow was so we, we, were, we were I was trying to look up other up, look for other things that we could do um that, that were possible so at um at endells we we write we have a ticket system where we write on farm um, um on an a4 sheet that then a carbon copy that the farmer keeps um and on there we put the the the, the um the animal the the drugs used the batch numbers and then a little bit of clinical history um we have so there was three things i i thought we could look at on those tickets um one was whether the boxes were being ticked for the species because that certainly makes the uh, job a lot easier for the farm office rather than having to go back to the diary to see whether it was a cow or sheep or alpaca. So that was something quite easy. The boxes are there to be ticked. So um, that was one thing. The other thing I felt was quite important was we had animal identification on those tickets. And quite often it would have said examine cow, examine sheep. Um, so I was keen to see how many times animals, ear tags, for instance, or even names, if it was a, you know, a pet, you know, small holder. Um, some sort of identification so you can refer back if necessary um so i was looking i looked went through the tickets looking to see what information was on there and finally um you know use of off-license drugs we do use that a lot in farm um particularly sheep work with non-steroidals there aren't any licensed non-steroidals um and we should be getting informed consent and we should have evidence that informed consent so at endels we all have a stamp that we keep in our cars or vans um to stamp onto the ticket that says i've been advised this is a uh, off license drug um and and for the owner to farmer to sign it um so i was looking through the tickets to see how how we fared on them and then i we then held a clinical meeting to discuss the importance of doing these three things um and then we then subsequently went through the following month's tickets and there was certainly an improvement in 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 compliance with with those things so it's just an ex this is one example of where we can look at what we're doing we can have a meeting have a discussion um about the importance of doing these things and then seeing whether what we've done has made a difference, which is really what it's all about, is, is, is being able to show that you've improved what you do. Absolutely. And it sounds like you did a process audit there um, rather than a surgical outcome. You did a process audit, which I think are really the useful audits to use in practice um, to, to see um, that people were following what they should be doing, which which was effectively filling in, filling in the sheet, as, as you say. And that's great. So, I mean, when you've done the first, you, you did the first uh, round of this before you talked to them about it. So you just found out what the situation, the, the, the basic situation was, I presume, on your first lot. And then you took Talk to your team i mean was it quite obvious then what some of the the um barriers were to them actually filling these things in um 
often it's often it's because they're rushing i would i would imagine you know certainly it's it's so easy to tick a box but and or even before you hand the ticket into the office to make sure they're ticked because you're probably going to remember the species um you know as you hand the ticket in um the off license stamp i think make we made sure that everyone had a stamp for a start making sure it was somewhere that was easily accessible and stating the importance we've got to cover our back it is what the vmd expect us to do um uh and um certainly with animal identification i i i i think it's very important that we've got that on there i think for a number of reasons first of all it's what's required um of us it's also good to be able to refer back it's also when the farmer gets the invoice they know what that visit was was you know which which animal it related to and if they hadn't taken the ear tag down themselves for their medicine records they've got it there you know to refer to so there's a number of reasons why animal identification is important covering your back as well if you've done a bunch of you know calf castrates i feel we should be writing those down because if six nine months down the line there's a, a problem with maybe you know, an uncastrated one that the vets apparently missed you could say well that wasn't on the list you know or, or estimate injections for misalliance with heifers you know i even though it's a group and we we, we aren't expected to write down individuals for groups we could just write you know injected a group of animals um I think for something like that, it is important to take um, take ear tags down to cover our backs. And thankfully, it doesn't happen very often. But if we do it every time, then if anything were to happen, we, we've we've got we've got it covered. Absolutely. And doing it all the time means you've got then a system in place and people get used to it. And I think that's great because you're right. I mean, even the VM, the VMD would like you to identify animals, too. So it's important from from that point of view and the, and the consent from um, the RCBS point of view. So so that's great. So when you did your second audit and of course, it's never you've never finished doing an audit till you do the re-audit, have you? So when did you did your second audit, you, you saw improvement? Well, certainly. I mean, the boxes, the boxes were being ticked. You know, much more frequently. Um, the the animal identification was improved. There's still room for improvement. Um, the off license, the the one I really wanted to focus on mainly was the sheep um, with non-steroidal use. That was certainly the highest level of off license use. So, and they are food producing animals that are going into the food chain. Off license consent is still important for pets pet, pet farm animals or you know that aren't going to go into the food chain it's still important um but i felt the priority was um was the animals that were actually going to go into the food chain as a kind of you know let's focus on one thing at a time and and then the um use of stamps for the sheep non storage certainly improved so i was pleased with that so it sounds like it's been a good exercise that you've improved systems you've improved outcomes and that um your team, presumably your office team, who had to deal with these ones where they didn't have the boxes ticked, would be very happy that that's that part's improved. <laughs> that's so what that's life's about keeping the farm office team happy, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Well, absolutely, and and I think that might have drawn attention to the vets that that, that it does make a problem for your team and the office. They probably didn't think about why why they should be doing that because often it right. we don't do things because we don't see the point of them sometimes. So yeah. so that sounds like that was a, a really um, useful audit. Think, um, have I you think... got any others planned at all or? Well, I think the, the, the key thing to say is it's, it's going to be very individual for each practice, isn't it? You're going to find different practices say they'll have a different different system of recording what you did. So it's got to be very bespoke. Um, but they're also going to be um, you know, things that are, you know, you could make more general um, that, that might apply to every practice. And um, we were very keen to maybe bring in the idea of checklists within farm practice. Um, they are useful. They've been shown certainly in the HS and small animal to decrease um, things being forgotten. Um, I, I don't think. Um, I, I think I think it's fair to, to, to for, for, for 
to look down a checklist um, when you're maybe getting your kit ready for a cesarean to take it over to the to over to the cow. I don't think a farmer's going to mind you just you know going down a list. Um, they don't necessarily want you opening a textbook in the back of the van, but I think just going down a list that might be pinned up in the van somewhere is is reasonable. Have I got my cotton? You know, have I got my swabs, cotton wool? You know, hippie scrub. You know, whatever else. So we did this. We produced this. I produced this list of um of of things to remember. You know that it's not it's not not everyone's going to use everything on the list but at least you can go down and say oh i don't use that anyway that's fine have i got my guarded knife have i got my scalpel have i got you know you can um it's the worst worst when you get all over to the cow which might be a few fences away or a couple of barns away to realize you've forgotten you've forgotten something so that's just about trying to make life easier make you look more professional because you're not constantly going backwards and forwards and we figured with sort of uh, summer coming up with new graduates coming out, it's just one less thing to to have to worry about. Have I got everything I need? So not just on farm, but also have you got it in the van in the first place? So it sort of helps with with with, with both of those processes. So um, that was something else that I think we you can sort of share among practices um, that's, um, that 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 um, hopefully will make just life a bit easier. Yeah, and it must be great for the for the new grads as well to give them a bit of confidence and uh, security, thinking that they're sure they've got got the right That's things. Right. And I think you said when we um, discussed this that just in discussing what was going on the checklist was an interesting discussion around the team, wasn't it? Well, that's right. It was, it, I, I've just something as what I would say as simple as a checklist provoked a discussion among my colleagues. Um, two points. One was should we should we be using surgical spirit on wounds after we've scrubbed them with heavy scrub because in the NHS they've shown that it doesn't um, help. The, and also the idea being that if you pour it from too high up, you're then where the hair is, you're then potentially recontaminating the area. Um, and and um, and I, and yeah, therefore should be using it in the first place. And I was like, oh well, I I've always have. I didn't realise there was discussion that we shouldn't. So that was really interesting. And the other one was I had steroids on the list to treat because the, the surgical kit was appropriate for cesareans and and LDA ops and I had steroids on there for ketotic cows and that provoked another discussion about whether we really should be using steroids in ketotic cows because there's some evidence that it can make the situation worse and that's something I'd never considered I use steroids because that's what I've always done and it wasn't until a couple of my colleagues came back and said oh no there's evidence now that we shouldn't be I, I wouldn't necessarily go and look up should we still be using steroids in ketotic cows I had no reason to question it um so it just shows that if you provoke discussion, even just something as simple as an equipment list, you can you can learn and you can. And now I will will reconsider whether I should be using steroids in, in ketotic cows. Apparently mildly ketotic, it could be beneficial, but more severely ketotic and actually be detrimental. So it, even that's just made me reassess what I should be doing. And I, I, I found that fascinating and I enjoyed the sort of the, the conversation that I had with them, um, you know, email conversation, like sort of a group email conversation that I had with my colleagues about um, about those those things. Yeah, and that might stimulate maybe a journal club even someone might want to go away and find the evidence Absolutely. and and um cause could stimulate journal clubs in the practice couldn't yeah, it exactly yeah and then right. um at the end of your audit um how did you get that information to all your colleagues when you finished the audit and, and and also that you've done your checklist how do you communicate all these qi activities to your colleagues we've got a clinical meeting next monday yes. <laughs> so i'll share it with them then <laughs> so but didn't you tell me that you had newsletters too? Oh yes, yeah, yeah. So I, I produced a newsletter to um, to give them the initial results, you know, sort of the initial the initial um, percentages of how many tickets had had these things done. But I will certainly follow that up with another newsletter with the results on as well, because I think that's important. Because as we said before, not everyone's going to be able to make the clinical meeting, uh, and I thought it's maybe an email could easily be missed or opened and think I'll look at that later. So I thought if I gave them a newsletter printed out in their trays 
it's a sort of thing. It's just another way of trying to get get it across. Someone might be more likely to read a newsletter printed out already than they are an email. So it was just trying to find different ways of trying to get the information out to the to the um, farm team. And yes, I will once um once I, I don't want to give two, newsletters too often. I think I don't want to overwhelm. So I sort of okay. thought maybe a, every quarter. So I'll probably wait another month and then say right here's here's the results of of the audit and here's what QI um, you know has planned for the for the up I know upcoming time. So um, yeah, no, that sounds great. And and you can show your audit quite visually, can't you, in a newsletter too, or, or right. a notice board. I mean, some practices you found newsletter works for you. And as you say, it's got to be bespoke. And some practices might find um, a notice board if they've got somewhere that if they maybe haven't got so many branches as your practice has and everybody goes back to one hub, maybe mm -hmm. a big notice board where you can pin up yeah. some nice visuals of the results That's might right. help. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's um as many different ways of getting it across and even if you get one or two more people reading it because you've chosen another means of sharing it then that's got to be a good thing. So um, Farm Vet Champions we have at RCVS Knowledge, um, have you got involved with that? Yes I am uh, one of the ambassadors for Farm Vet Champions, uh, it's a great concept, um, the webinars that they provide are very useful, very good. And actually a lot of what's in the FarmVet Champions concept is, is, is similar to QI. Um, big focus for FarmVet Champions is antibiotic use. And that's certainly something that I want to be addressing in, in QI as well. Um, as sort of, you know, um, guidelines for antibiotic use. Um, so I, yeah, a lot, a lot of the concepts do, do overlap. And I think it, it's a very useful tool to have. Um, I hope we can make, make a difference with, through, through them as well. Yeah, and the um, SMART goals that you can set yourself through Farm Vet Champions, I think that's definitely part of quality improvement to be able to set goals of what you're going to do. And and, um, and so there's a really good SMART um, goals tool now on Farm Vet Champions, isn't mm -hmm. there? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it's it's about just, just reminding people of the QI concept, keeping it in their minds, not having it as a strange concept that they're like, oh, that's not to do with me, I'll ignore it, getting everyone on board. Um, and, and I think that's the thing is... Um, involving the team and saying well, well how, how, how do you think we can make this better not just coming in and dictating this is what we need to do it's it's trying to get their input as well um because everyone is different and just because i have have an idea or a way i think you know it'd be good to do something doesn't mean it's going to suit everyone um and it's amazing what other ideas people come up with you know is a real you know bunch of enthusiastic um you know passionate people there's so many ideas out there and i think sharing them is is is, is great um you know yeah, you're going to get people on board so much better if they're actually interested in, in the project That's and right. different people in the practice will have different interests in different bits. What about um, guidelines and protocols? Have you done anything around that? Well, I think, yes, absolutely. And I think this is the key. We need to chip away at it. We're not going to we're not going to do, you know, but you can't do everything at once. Um, but um, very keen to get some best practice guidelines um, together. But I felt that just um, putting out a whole load of guidelines very easy to ignore that so what I was keen to do is just uh, um, do them one one at a time basically and uh, and have like campaigns so a campaign for instance this autumn I'm keen to do a respiratory calf respiratory campaign so encouraging the use of um, diagnostics um, traditionally we've done serology but maybe adding in nasopharyngeal swabs to that to pick up the more acute situations and trying to improve diagnostics so we can then tailor the treatment and the vaccinations um, programs encourage farmers to vaccinate um, and, and that would in, so improve you know in, in, improve how we how we deal with calf respiratory cases hopefully decrease the use of antibiotics which farm vet champions will be pleased with and increase the use of vaccines um, and then other you know other things that can decrease pneumonia 
um, such as you know good ventilation, good drainage, good, you know deep bedding, no leaking gutters, you know that sort of thing. Trying to introduce um, improvements that way as well. So rather than just going out and being reactive to a one, you know, to a group or an individual calf pneumonia, actually take the opportunity whenever we can to try and investigate further. It's not going to suit every farmer, of course it isn't, but you know, if if we don't offer, then they're not, they haven't got a chance to say yes or no. Um, so, so that that's something quite keen to start this autumn. And what's great is that other CVS practices seem to be on board with that as well. So if this is something we can do across the board, um, it's obviously going to be better, better for better for the farmers, better for the animals, um, and also you know gives us a better idea of how this um, campaign actually does improve things. You know, has it increased? Um, diagnostic has it improved improved vaccine use and has it decreased antibiotic use because that's really what we're aiming for yeah and you can measure those things um once that's you've got right. your guidelines in place you can measure those things with an audit so um mm -hmm. so we come around to full circle again so that's that, that's, right. re that's, that's right. really good oh, that'll be really interesting i'll be really um, um keen to speak to you again when that's when that's got going and, yes. and, and see yes. how that's working and the last bit of well not the last bit because quality improvement is one of those subjects we well we could both talk about it for ages but um another part of quality improvement it really is how we deal with with things when they don't go so well um you know having significant event audits and having debriefs and things um you know and have you got around to doing any of those in your practice yet or is it something you're thinking of yes i mean i i'd like to think that any vet could go to any vet if there's a problem it's not maybe not always the case especially if you're not seeing your colleagues for you know days on end um but if you have run at regular clinical clubs, there should always be an opportunity at the end to discuss things that people are worried about. I think it's really important that people are able to discuss things that might have gone wrong or felt they do better and say, well, how do you do it? Um, and uh, this is obviously relevant for, for newer qualified. But actually, I think what's really important is experienced vets need to be allowed to do that as well. And there, I do feel there is a little bit of a, um, a, a reluctance for experienced vets to ask for help. But there's always going to be new things you come across. Certainly at, um, at Endel's, LDA.ops are performed diff in a different way to how they were done at my last practice. So although I've done lots of LDA ops, I haven't done it this way. And I've probably only done four of which two were with someone else. So I feel like I'm still learning on that. And I shouldn't be afraid to then say, like, I, I couldn't quite get it to work. You know, what what, what do you do? And I, I went out with a colleague a couple of weeks ago to see how he did it. And I was a bit like well, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't be having to ask for help with this, but I, I think I think experienced vets should be allowed um, to to uh, express things like that as as well as the newer qualified. But it, you know, it should be open for everyone to be able to talk about it without any judgment, without people going, oh, you should be able to do that by now, you know. Um, and I think and I think that's something that is better face to face, and that's where regular regular meetings is is really great. If if, if you know, like I say, even if they're not every every vet every time. Um, yeah, and I think it's good to discuss some things. It's great to do it on a one-to-one -one basis, as you say, but also to discuss it in a meeting because then you get the person who's who's made an error will then feel better if all the others are saying, "Well, oh, I've I've done that," or "I've nearly done that," and that, right. this is what this is what happened. And also involving um, the whole team really because you know a lot of these things can start off with, um, especially communication things, and that's often what the, where the errors are. Can start off with the person answering the phone. I mean, it can, you know, it can all start from there, can't it? The whole story. Right. So if you get the whole team involved in looking for root causes, that's the important thing because often they're not what you think. That's right. Brilliant. Well, it sounds like you're making a great start there and I'd be really interested to um, talk again in a little while, see how you're getting on with your audits, but also see how maybe talk a bit more about what you're doing um, group wide as well. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've managed to, we're recruiting QI heads in each of the CVS practices. We've got 15 CVS farm practices, so it's a lovely number um, to work with. We've got lots of, you know, a variety of, of, of um, vets um, in, in that group, um, you know, even, even different parts of the country. Obviously, farmers work differently that the businesses are different in each part of the country whether you've got dairy beef sheep so it's it's great to collaborate um and um find out what happens in other parts of the country so i'm really you know i i'm enjoying i'm working alongside um other people if they and if they're putting themselves forward as a qi head chances are they're going to have the same passion for you know looking at what we're doing and constantly improving it that, that i do and then it's just a case of them finding a way to disseminate that to the rest of their team but they'll know the best way to do that because they know their team they know the individuals they know you know have you got a central hub or are you all separated at different sites so they'll 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 be able to find what works uh, at their at their practice i can't i can't begin to suggest how they might you know um do things um, yeah, when, when it's a practice I've never been to. No, I agree. Because quality improvement's got to come from the ground up, but also it's good to have support, some support from higher up too, isn't it? Yeah, that's So right. just to finish, what would you, be your advice if it was somebody who was listening to this, they're in a practice, they haven't done anything to do with, in a farm practice, haven't done anything to do with quality improvement. Where we, um, they're in, an individual practice. Where would you tell them to start? I think the first thing to do would be to go onto the RCVS um, knowledge bite size. Um, podcasts or um, that are on the the RCBS knowledge website uh, under Learn, aren't aren't they? Um, it, a lot of the QI concepts on there concepts on there are very small animal biased. Um, you and I are keen to try and get that more farm focused as well, and maybe to have some more farm specific ones. But it does give you an idea of the concept of QI, the importance of it. So watching a handful of those webinars would be a really good start. And then just just starting, just starting. Don't expect too much in one go. Um, just just chip, pick one thing at a time. You know, we're not, we're not going to move mountains overnight. It's just about chipping away. You've got a spare afternoon. You know, have a look at the you know how tickets are put on. Have a look at you know, um, do do the do the farm vet champions webinars. Um, just find something that's going to work in your practice. You know, if you haven't got clinical club meetings, you know, see if you can start them up. Um, and and just find again, you know, one one thing you can focus on at a time. And, and and introducing that QI concept to the rest of your team and getting them on board. That's great advice. Thank you. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking to me. I think um, hopefully practices that are listening to this will be inspired. And as you said, if they go on RCBS Knowledge website, we have more than 75 hours of completely free CPD. It's not going to cost you anything. And in the QI box set, we have got um, lots of little bite-sized podcasts, which are great to listen to when you're driving around on your calls. And you didn't so, tell me to plug that, did you, Pam? I just said that. <laughs> no, you, I, I, didn't, I didn't. Because I found them really spontaneously. useful. Spontaneously. <laughs> <laughs> so thank Thanks so much um, and uh, thank you everybody and um, speak again soon. Bye. Oh, thanks, Pam. Bye. For further courses, examples and templates for quality improvement, please visit our quality improvement pages on our website at rcvsknowledge.org.